More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome to the third hour of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Got a special surprise for all of you. We are going to get to the Jussie Smollett trial in this hour and also uh, the Hunter Biden getting a big gem and promises of tens of millions to the Chinese Communist Party tied businessmen. Really, all major business in China is tied to the CCP. First, we have the former Speaker of the House of Representatives with us now, Mr. Newt Gingrich. Newt, thanks for calling in. Oh, I'm delighted. How are you doing? We're, we're doing pretty well here, sir. Thank you. We're covering a lot today. One thing we were going to get to in this hour, we're glad you're calling in because we wanted you to re- give us your, your sense of it, your assessment of it, is how just last week there was a mass murder, a mass casualty attack in Waukesha, Wisconsin at a Christmas parade and there's almost no media coverage of it, and there's certainly no national conversation or ongoing discussion about this threat and what it what it uh, indicates for uh, America going forward. Why so different from other attacks, sir? Well, I think that it's clear. You had uh, an African-American driver who was a convicted convict who had been let out on a $1,000 bail, who had a history of violence, who had posted on his website, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> had posted on his website both anti-white comments and uh, an essay on how to use a, a vehicle to kill people. Um, now that totally violates the news media's narrative which is that all danger comes from white nationalists uh, and that uh, all African-Americans are victims. And, of course, this guy murderously killed eight innocent people, wounded 40 in a Christmas parade. So, you know, it, it could have become a gigantic national story, except that the elite media wanted to smother it. Uh, and you can tell part of the smothering is that the vice pre- that the president of the United States who is flying over Waukesha, as of the last report, because he's going to Minnesota, 
is not going to stop, is not going to meet with the families of the dead and the wounded, is not going to see where this where it occurred, because that would draw national attention to the fact that somebody that all of the racist versions from the left are wrong. Uh, this this particular violent person uh, is African American. Uh, his victims are all white. Um, he had clearly should not have been let out of jail. Well, if you're a left-wing liberal who believes that nobody ought to be in jail anyway, and you've been part of, for example, the New York no-bail program where people just automatically get out, or you've been in San Francisco where you have a communist district attorney who refuses to uh, to jail people, you don't want to be told that there's something dangerous about letting dangerous people out. And you don't want to draw the attention to the fact that crime in America is a lot more complicated than the NBC News version. Uh, and so they just smother it. I mean, they, they, they hide from the American people the truth about what happened. We're talking to former Speaker of the House, Congressman Newt Gingrich. Uh, Congressman, I know you're a huge student of history. And one of the great things about history is it allows you to see beyond what's going on right now in this moment and look ahead. Are you optimistic about the next 20 years of America based on your looking at the way things have moved historically, or are you pessimistic? Well, I just published a book called Beyond Biden uh, to make the point that, in fact, we're going to get past this. Uh, I mean, you have a president who falls asleep at international conferences. You have a vice president who's so goofy that there's a website that actually has 10 hours of her laughing. I mean, think about that one for a minute. That's great. And I've, I've told people, I feel more comfortable with Biden sleeping than with Harris laughing. <laughs> uh, you know, and, that, and that's your national leadership team. Uh, and then you've got uh, a system which is going to, I think, basically destroy itself. I mean, somewhere between a million four hundred thousand independent, I mean, illegal people crossing the border with no check for COVID or for criminal records, uh, massive inflation, high cost of energy, uh, regulatory obstruction of the entire economy, and an and, and infrastructure crisis where there are, I think, 90 ships offshore from Long Beach and Los Angeles who cannot get in to be unloaded. Um, an inability to competently withdraw from Afghanistan without getting young Americans killed and without leaving behind several hundred Americans and several thousand allies. Um, just go down the list. This, this is not a system which is going to get reelected by the American people. We're getting to see what big government socialism is like. It does not work. And we need to recognize that it does not work. Uh, and I think that's... Uh, uh, going to be a, a major theme for the next year is, you know, that, that it ain't working. And just you can ask your audience how many different things do they encounter every week where it just clearly ain't working. We're speaking to former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. He's got a new book out, Beyond Biden, Rebuilding the America We Love. And, uh, Newt, I want to know how do we do the rebuilding part? Clay and I do a pretty good job here of pounding the drum over all the because it's not hard to point out the things right you just got to make sure you dive into it and approach the failures of the biden administration with rationality uh but how do we rebuild what is what does the upside look like essentially what is your case for american optimism in the face of what feels like an already failed biden regime well i mean first of all you've got you have to win by a decisive margin the 2022 and 2024 elections 
But if you do that, if you go out and put your shoulder to it, we're going to win. We're going to win big because people are going to repudiate this the current team. And then for the first time since 1994, I think we do need a contract with America. I think we need big, positive, good things that people nod and say, yeah, that's what I want. Uh, and I think that that can be developed. I personally believe we ought to go back to balancing the budget. When I was Speaker, we balanced the federal budget for four times, the only time in your lifetime that we've had four consecutive balanced budgets. We weren't talking about raising the debt ceiling. We were paying off the debt. Uh, and and it's very valuable to go to a balanced budget because it forces you to make choices. It forces you to root out corruption and inefficiency, and it forces you to rethink what you're doing. And when we did it, it was very effective. We we reformed welfare and returned to a work ethic. <clears throat> and remember, you're dealing right now with an administration which is repealing all of the work requirements that President Clinton and I put in in the 1990s, which were enormously effective. Uh, it, it's not good to give people money to stay at home if they're capable of going to work. Uh, it undermines them. By the way, this is something which President Franklin D. Roosevelt talked about in a State of the Union in 1935. And he said, you know, welfare, if you stay at home, and it, it undermines your, your character. It weakens you uh, and morally and spiritually. Uh, and it, it's very dangerous. We're and talking to former. What we're faced with. Former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich here with us. His new book is Beyond Biden, Rebuilding the America We Love. You mentioned uh, the welfare reform that you and President Clinton helped to pass. That was after a shellacking that President Clinton got in 1994. I agree with you that Biden and the Democratic Party is likely to get a real whipping in 2022. Based on what you know of Clinton, you know what happened. Clinton brought in Dick Morris. He triangulated. He basically started to take Republican ideas, and that allowed him to get reelected in 1996. Is Joe Biden adroit enough politically to adjust like Bill Clinton did in 1994 after the whipping he's likely to get in 2022? Or is he going to continue to try to pursue the same failed policies in your mind? In other words, could history repeat itself? Does Biden have the political talents that Bill Clinton had post-1994? You know, I honestly don't know. Uh, the, the left is much stronger today than it was in 1994. And the left is much more, you know, the left became very bitter about the Clintons and felt that they'd sold them out. When, when, when Clinton agreed to sign welfare reform, <clears throat> he agreed to sign a capital gains tax cut, he agreed to sign a balanced budget. From the standpoint of, of the big government socialist left, that was horrible. And that, that was a betrayal of the true faith. And they never forgave him or Hillary for it. Uh, that bothered them vastly more than any kind of scandal, uh, because it was a violation of their core religious beliefs in big government and in taking money away from everybody and running it through bureaucracies. So uh, whether or not Biden would, be, would have the personal strength to do it, uh, whether or not the team he's assembled would, would allow him to do it. Remember, the, when, when we won by June or so of 1995, uh, Clinton's team wanted him to move to the left. And he said to them, if I do that, I'll get beaten in 1996. Uh, I've got to move towards Gingrich. And that's why we ended up in one of the most uh, striking moments of my career, uh, hosting the president for the State of the Union 
and having Bill Clinton say the era of big government is over. I mean, you know, you had to give him a standing ovation. What are you going to do? You're sitting right behind him. Uh, so I found myself applauding this liberal Democrat who had just repudiated the entire left wing of his party. Uh, whether or not Biden would be capable of that, and frankly, whether or not he has the energy. Remember, Clinton was a young man. Uh, he had a ton of energy. Uh, he was very smart and very flexible. Uh, Biden's not as smart as Clinton. He's not as flexible as Clinton. And I'm not sure that at the age he'll be uh, by, by 2024 that, that he will have the physical energy to undertake that kind of a change. Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, every former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Uh, sir, thanks so much for being with us, and everyone should check out Newt's book, Beyond Biden, Rebuilding the America We Love. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. You're already spending too much money on gas, groceries, and too many other everyday items you rely on. Don't do the same with your cell phone bill. Pure Talk is on the exact same 5G network using the exact same towers as one of those big carriers, but for a heck of a lot less. If you're with AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you're spending too much money for the same quality of service. I don't even need to see your phone bill to tell you that. You're likely to save about 50 bucks a month or more, and switching is so easy. You can keep your number and your phone. And, Clay, what's their latest offer? Because it's amazing. It's phenomenal. My own son has signed up for Pure Talk. I've had these guys into my house. Listen to this offer right now. could save you 50 bucks a month, $800 a year. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data on Pure Talk's 5G network. For just $30 a month, you want unlimited data, you can still save a fortune. Plus, Pure Talk has a great price on an iPhone 12 if you're out there shopping. Tens of thousands of you have signed up since Pure Talk started to advertise with this show. Claire in New York, she made the switch, bought a new iPhone, and she's saving hundreds of dollars a year and enjoying great cell phone service, too. Top-notch customer service, 100% working in the U.S. under the direction of a CEO that's a U.S. veteran. Plus, 30-day risk-free guarantee. You have nothing to lose. How do you sign up from your cell phone? Grab it in your hands right now. Dial pound 250, say Pure Talk, and you'll save 50% off your first month, and you can save on a new phone as well. That's pound 250. Say Pure Talk. Some restrictions apply. Call for details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. 
Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Been a lot of serious trials that everybody's been following, Buck. The Arbery case down in Georgia, Rittenhouse up in Wisconsin. Great state of Illinois. Chicago has got another trial that has begun. By the way, we haven't even hardly talked about all of the Epstein-related stuff. We need to get into that later this week and what's going on with that trial of uh, just... How do you pronounce her first name? Just Jesse. No, no, not Jussie, Gislan Maxwell or oh, whatever. G- oh, Gilan, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Gilan, I, I never knew Maxwell. how to pronounce Gilan Maxwell. We'll get into that later. But our boy Jussie Smollett, huge superstar of the Empire uh, television show, he is on trial now, finally, several years after his fake uh, race crime. And uh, this is from Guy Benson, who had put this together. You texted it to me during our uh, last break. And I just, I mean, I, I was having a drink and I literally, you know, every now and then you read something so funny and you just spit your drink out, literally a spit take. That's what I did on this. Jussie Smollett, okay, not only did they have the fake hate crime staged, they did a rehearsal of the fake hate crime. Here is what Jussie Smollett said, and part of it's on video. Not even just the fake hate crime is on video. The rehearsal of the fake hate crime is partly on video. Jussie Smollett said, I want you to attack me, but when you hit me, I want you to kind of pull your punches a bit because I don't want to be seriously hurt. Smollett also instructed them to put a rope around his neck. These are his accused attackers to, quote, make it look more like a lynching, like a hate crime. The three men, he had two attackers, went on a dry run before the attack, part of which was captured on surveillance camera. Smollett's Mercedes can be seen circling the intersection, showing the brothers the area where he wanted the attack to occur. Buck, I want this guy to get hit with the full force of American justice. I would be perfectly fine if he went to prison for the rest of his life for what he tried to do with this fake rake, uh, racism attack. Can I just say, you have to remember, everybody, you have to remember that even after he was caught, just, just for a little trip down memory yes. lane, even after the video of the two actor brothers buying the rope, and, and even after the whole thing <laughs> fell apart, Jussie had the gall to call upon his friend, Kim Fox, the DA, yes. 
to not only dismiss the case, but try to lock down the case. And then Jussie walked out of that courtroom sanctimonious about how he was unfairly accused. So should Jussie Smollett get the three three years I think he faces in prison? Hell yeah, he should. Absolutely. There were blue checks, uh, Clay, when this was when this was going on, who were coming at me from all over the place. How do you not believe Jussie? It's so racist not to believe Jussie. People are such idiots because they want to believe the narrative because they've been told the narrative the so many times. for racism is so much more extensive than the actual existence of racism, at least overt like this. Keep in mind what Jesse Smollett was trying to do. He was trying to advance his own career by making himself a victim of the highest magnitude imaginable. That's how much being a victim pays in this country. That's what he was trying to do. And, Buck, that's why I think he should have to spend the rest of his life in prison. I understand there there are people out there who are going to say, oh, this is not that significant of a crime in general. I disagree. I think when you consider what he was trying to do, He was trying to divide all of us based on racial identity politics. He was trying to make himself a victim. He was trying to basically say every Trump supporter is a racist, not only a racist, the kind of person who would show up and try to lynch modern day someone like him. I don't think there is a punishment significant enough for him behind bars Uh, The idea that he would not go to jail at all is, to me, crazy. It has to happen, and I don't think there's a punishment that's too consequential that he should face. Certainly, there should be financial uh, punishment. He should have to pay for this uh, entire investigation that took place. But, Buck, I think they should lock him up and throw away the key. I I believe he should go away for a long time. He looks like he might. Amen. Amen. Keeping our pets healthy, friends, is what every pet owner knows is absolutely essential. If you're a dog lover, cat lover, you agree with me, you know they're a part of the family. How do you keep your pets as healthy as possible? Well, if you feed them dry kibble, which is pretty standard, you got to add in a healthy supplement called Rough Greens. The results are plain to see. Your dog or cat will have more energy, more sense of feeling great as a result of getting the vitamins, probiotics, enzymes, omega oils and antioxidants found in every serving of Rough Greens. You just sprinkle a little bit of it, of it on the food that your dog's eating all the time, and it helps them stay healthy. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog is going to love it. They've got a great deal for listeners to this show. Go to roughgreens.com slash EIB. They'll give you the first bag free. All you pay is shipping. That's roughgreens.com slash EIB. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. If you uh, missed our interview with Adam Carolla earlier on, please go check out the podcast. You can also go to clayandbuck.com for transcripts of the interview and news stories we've talked about today. We told you we'd be talking Hunter Biden, which it's always, you know, it's always interesting. I will say that some of these Hunter Biden stories, you read about them and you feel like, if Led Zeppelin were asked, they'd be like, I think he went a little overboard, you know, like, I think he went a bit too crazy because uh, he's done. So he's led a wild Hunter Biden's led a kind of a wild life. That's for sure. But he is also somebody who has access to a tremendous amount of influence and power because of who his daddy is. We all know this, right? This is just the reality of Hunter Biden's life in recent years. 
And now there is an effort, at least, at shedding some light on this one, um, led by, among others, but led by Miranda Devine of the New York Post. And she has this book. It is actually Laptop from Hell, by the way. I thought maybe, I was like, is that really? The, that That it's is the great title. Laptop from Hell. So we'll, we'll invite her on so she can tell us about the book. Uh, but media helped hide the real Joe Biden by censoring uh, stories about this. Here, here are some of the some of the details, uh, as it were, about this whole situation. Hunter was having meetings and it, you got to get really deep into this stuff. There's a lot of names, a lot of different people and players. The short version. Right. And Clay, fill in if I'm missing anything here as we go. But the short version of it is Hunter was having meetings with a very powerful and highly you can't be a powerful chinese businessman without being effectively an arm of the chinese communist yes. party and in fact this guy in particular um that hunter was meeting with is accused of being or i shouldn't say accused but is allegedly a part of uh chairman xi's belt and road initiative and essentially the economic arm of the chinese communist party working uh around the world to expand their influence <clears throat> But the story here is that a Chinese, this this Chinese uh, titan, lavished a three carat uh, gem and a promise of thirty million dollars on Hunter Biden, so that he would give access. And Yi Jian Ming is the name of this Chinese fellow. So he would grant access to, well, of course, Joe Biden. Now, here's what here's the, just the part of this that I wanted to get to for a second. I remember, and Clay, you probably remember this, when they were, the Washington Post was doing actual stories on the emoluments clause yes. violations that maybe Trump was engaged in. First of all, who the heck knew what the emoluments clause really was before Trump came? I'm just saying, I'm yeah. not saying, no, you know, that right. ignorance is bliss on this stuff, but, you know, the emoluments clause all of a sudden was a phrase we're all hearing. Because of drinks and cheeseburgers that foreign diplomats in the aggregate were buying at the Trump Hotel. I'm not kidding, folks. They acted like that was buying influence. Foreign diplomats going to a restaurant that Trump owned an interest in as if they're like, I am ordering the cheeseburger and I want you to sign the treaty. And Trump is like, sir, yes, sir, absolutely. <laughs> that extra you're, $2 you're, in my pocket yeah. has won the day. Wait a second. You're getting the Bernays sauce on the side? Yeah, of oh, course man. I will take you off the banned list for international trade. Anyway, it was crazy, right? They would run those stories and they they constantly talked about Trump corruption, all these different probes. All these. Hunter Biden is running around basically offering up to our biggest adversary access to the top policymaker circles we're talking about tens of millions of dollars allegedly in the balance here possibly changing hands and clay the media has no interest none none at all and the way that i would approach this is first of all hunter biden has no tangible skills uh, other than being potentially really good i think he could at, pack a bowl for sure <laughs> i was gonna say potentially being really good at purchasing drugs and 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 hookers all right other than that i've not seen anything that hunter biden does particularly well all right so this idea that the trump children who were under attack ivanka don jr eric trump the the the, the in-laws the entire trump family was under a microscope over every single move that they made from a business perspective, despite the fact that the Trumps had a successful business operation 
long before Donald Trump ever got involved in politics, they had created and built and were running a successful business predicated on his brand and a variety of different real estate properties. So the biggest flaw, and by the way, whether you loved or hated him, Jared Kushner was doing the same thing. In other words, the people who were successful in the Trump White House on a high level from a business perspective were successful long before Donald Trump Jr. Uh, or, or Donald Trump Sr. or anybody in the White House ever got involved in politics at all, right? So if the Trumps, I just want you to think about this. How would the media have covered it? Let's use Donald Trump Jr., good dude. How would the media have covered it if Donald Trump Jr., there were emails and photos and documents that proved, like with zero doubt, irreconcilable proof that he had been meeting with top Chinese advocates? And what was going on here is significant, that he was going to act to advance Chinese interest in exchange for tens of millions of dollars, and there had been a three-carat jewel worth $80,000 given to him, this would be covered in excruciating detail. Not only that, there would be congressional hearings, there would be congressional investigations. I predict that the Trumps would have ended up being charged with crimes. Right now, nothing has happened to Hunter Biden at all. Everything that the media told you about the Trumps, the Bidens actually did. Democrats are expected now, they expect, to get rich in politics. Not before and not even after. They expect that their political access will effectively make them rich. The promise of future political access will make... I mean, the the best example of this, uh, other than Hunter Biden, which you're talking about, (laughs) is the Clinton Clinton Global Initiative and the Clinton Foundation. What happened? Did you ever even hear about the Clinton Foundation anymore? I thought they wanted to address... You know, women's rights issues and climate change and global, these very sort of vague, amorphous concepts. It was basically a money, a money laundering operation for paying Bill $800,000 a speech, which, by the way, he did get from a Russian bank at one point. 800 grand for a speech, but it better be a hell of a speech. By the Hillary, way, I'll do that. What's up? <laughs> I'll do that for yeah, a lot I was gonna cheaper. Say, oh, yeah, I'll, you I'll do. Anyone yeah. out there for your like, you know, local rotary club or whatever, <laughs> I'll do a big discount on the 800K yeah. speech. I promise you that. But the media all acted like they were so... And this is when I was actually at CNN, believe it or not. And I would go on and trash the Clintons, which was fun. This is when CNN started to hate me. Um, As soon as I got away from terrorism analysis and started doing politics, right? But I would say, does anyone really think that these these donations, especially from the foreign countries to the Clinton uh, Foundation, are going to continue if she loses? And, And, you know, and doesn't that prove that this isn't really about charity and they're all going oh i don't really need all oh, it's charity why do you hate charity and i'm like yeah. no 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 let's look at this for a second and of course clay they had to shut down the clinton global initiative the cgi within like six months or something of hillary losing it was a money laundering for access scheme that was the whole point and they didn't care and they don't care with Hunter Biden either because it's their team, folks. That's all that matters to them. Well, and I will say this. One of the reasons that I think Donald Trump's political campaign had such appeal in 2016 and carried forward into 2020 was the idea that he was already rich. We've seen so many people, to be fair, Democrats and Republicans, who came into office with no assets somehow get fabulously wealthy by the time they left And we all know on some level that they were selling access to their positions of power 
That was why a lot of people like the idea of Trump. This is a guy who's already independently wealthy. He's not trying to get into political office to make money. He's already there. And when we come back, by the way, we got to talk about our boy Ron DeSantis going off on the media over what's going on in Waukesha. We're not letting this story disappear. But first incredible offer from tommy john right now you can get 20 percent off site-wide plus get free shipping when you wear tommy john you're that much more comfortable you can do everything better shop their website the tommy john website now 20 percent off everything give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list with tommy john men's and women's loungewear buck they've sold over 16 million pairs and that's why giving the gift of tommy john underwear and loungewear is a holiday tradition 97 percent men and women out there report they love getting a gift from tommy john that's why they don't have customers they have fanatics and we are proudly two of them how do you get hooked up during tommy john's cyber monday sale get 20 percent off site-wide plus free shipping at tommyjohn.com slash buck again 20 percent off plus free shipping for a limited time at tommyjohn.com slash buck order now so your gifts arrive before the holidays TommyJohn.com slash Buck. See site for details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are not going to let the attack in Waukesha, Wisconsin, disappear from memory. Unlike a lot of people at CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, we're also not going to blame the vehicle for what it did, considering it was being driven by a man named Daryl Brooks, who appeared to have a clear intent to try to kill as many people as possible, potentially, at least based on his posts on Facebook and other social media sites, predicated on the race of his victims because he was angry over what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse not far away in the Kenosha courtroom. Now, Joe Biden has an opportunity, maybe even an obligation, as the American president to travel to this site of this terror attack. Six people killed, 50 wounded, uh, many still recovering, and lend the support of the United States in a time of tragedy to the victims of this Waukesha attack, he hasn't done so. In fact, he's flown right over the top of Waukesha to go to other places. Jen Psaki was asked by uh, Peter Ducey, why is that actually occurring inside of uh, the uh, the press briefing? And this is what she said. Why hasn't the president visited the members of this Christmas parade attack? Well, I would say first, um, as you saw the president convey last week, our hearts go out to this community, to the people in Waukesha, that we've been in touch, obviously, with officials there. And we're all watching as people are recovering. And this is such a difficult time of year for, for this to happen. It's a difficult any time. Obviously, any president going to visit a community requires a lot of assets, requires taking their resources. And it's not something that I have a, a trip previewed at this plan, point in time. But we remain in touch with local officials. And certainly our, our hearts are with the community as they've gone through such a difficult time. Yeah, we're not all idiots. He's not going because Biden sees no political advantage in it, period. That's why he's not going. Obviously, the president of the United States flying over the site, mind you. He's already in the region. It would not be hard. Pretty sure we have this fancy taxpayer-funded plane for him and a pretty large Praetorian Guard known as the Secret Service to keep him safe. I'm not concerned about any of that. Neither should he be, right? He could get there easily. Why isn't he going? They don't want to draw attention to it. Why don't they want to draw attention to it? Here's something. How is it possible, Clay, that no one has even raised in the Democrat corporate media motive? You don't yes. even hear the word. What, what, is this the first? I mean, people say, oh, Buck, but what about what happened in Las Vegas? Everybody was speculating about motive for weeks. And that's not they think that shuts down my argument. No, no, no. My argument is you can't even talk about motive. There is no motive, apparently, for a mass murder of elderly people and children in a parade for Christmas. That's complete madness. But, you know, with Las Vegas, it was could it be this? Could it be that? Could it be this? Could it be? everybody was getting in on on the motive analysis side of it in the media? No one even talks about it here, Clay, because we know what the motive actually is. We're just not allowed to say it. Well, we yeah. say it, but other well, it was a racial attack, it. it appears. And Joe Biden didn't wait for the evidence to come out when it was Kyle Rittenhouse. He branded him a white supremacist and said that his actions were founded in racism. That's what he said. That's what he did. That's what his campaign advertised. And so this idea that he can't show up in Waukesha, it's because it's an inconvenient truth. The facts don't fit the narrative. If this had been, unfortunately, a crazed white person who had killed a number of minorities, Joe Biden would have been there the day after it happened, attending a press conference and demanding a hate crime investigation. Almost no one is willing to even raise this as an issue. We talked about this yesterday, Buck, and Ron DeSantis 
after our show aired, I believe, actually came out and said what almost no one else is willing to acknowledge, which is this appears to have been a crime by a crazy person, granted, that was motivated by racial animus. Listen to this. They say, oh, this was a big accident. You never actually hear the discussion about who committed this, what was the motivation, and this was an intentional act. And it seems like, you know, for corporate press, they're more apt to characterize a parent who goes to a school board meeting to protest bad policies as a domestic terrorist than somebody who intentionally rams an SUV into a crowd of innocent people. And we'll see what the actual motivation was. Uh, It very well may have been in response to what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. And you have to wonder if that's the case. Almost surely this guy's view of Rittenhouse was colored by all these media lies. Let's just be clear. They are not wanting to cover this Wisconsin thing for what it is. They are not wanting the facts uh, to come out the way they are because the facts do not support their narrative. I mean, this gives you a sense of how powerful the apparatus of the left and the Democrat Party really is when this this is exactly as as I thought it would be. This is playing out as expected. They do this. They do this. We don't know. Wait till the facts come in. They lock it down. Anyone who strays ahead of what have been the agreed upon facts in the first 24 hours, they attack ruthlessly. You're being reckless. You don't know what you're saying, right? So you risk that if you come out and say, well, this looks like the following. So for 48 hours, it's hold on. We don't know. We don't know. Wait. And then after that, it's well, it was an SUV that went into a crowd. It was a car. It was a tragedy. It was something that occurred that we're all very sad about. And they shift the conversation towards sorrow and grief. And they neutralize the discussion about who did this? Why did he do it? What does it tell us about the country we live in? What does it tell us about the media coverage of specifically the Rittenhouse trial, but more generally, race relations in this country? What are the broader topics we could have a conversation about in the aftermath of an incident like this? All of that. There's no national conversation. All of that is shut down. It's exactly this is the left wing playbook when it doesn't fit the narrative. And that's what they've done. 100 percent. They memory hole it. And this is significant because one of the big powers of CNN, MSNBC and The Washington Post, and New York Times are the facts and the stories that they choose to share with their audience. And, you know, as well as I do, that if this had been a white guy driving a car, mowing through a crowd of minorities with the exact same statements on his social media profiles, just changing the race, this would have been a multi-day, still be talking about it, over a week later, every Republican would be forced to condemn this guy. Everyone would have to acknowledge that white supremacy is a major threat in this country. Yet, when the identities are shifted, and when it is a black man who is making uh, white people his victims, intentionally driving over them, young kids, older people, in a Christmas parade, we have to pretend that there is no motivation whatsoever for this individual. Look, if you want to pretend that every individual is responsible for their actions and race doesn't impact anything, that's fine with me. But the standards have to be applied evenly in all cases. And we just saw them not applied evenly in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, and we know what would happen. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. In this situation, if the races were different, 